Hey everyone, Chad here. Welcome to Light Your Fire Podcast, where it's my mission to light you on fire. Today I want to talk about you making more money, you getting promoted, you climbing the ladder, you being rewarded for all of the amazing value that you add. And if you don't add value, we're going to talk about that too. So I asked myself, what's something I could put out there that's going to add a lot of value to a ton of people? And I keep coming back to this topic. It's something that I talk about in corporate workshops. So I go in, I talk to companies. And when I work with the leadership teams, I I talk about uh, building a high performing team, building a high performing culture and what makes top performers. And then on the other side of the equation, I talk to the, the staff, the individual contributors, the managers, and we talk about what does it really look like to be a top performer? So we can all get on the same page. Let's set expectations. What does being a top performer look like? The people that deserve to be given the raises and given the promotions. I'm not a big fan of you know, someone coming to me and saying, oh, I've been here for three years, I deserve a raise or, you know, that person left. So I, I should have their job that those things might be true. But what, what I'd rather have a conversation around is I, 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 I would really like a raise because I love being here and I've worked so hard. I've done X, Y, and Z someone that really demonstrates their value. Right. And so I, I really try to orient the conversation more around value and let's start thinking about things the same way. Let's get everyone on the same page versus, you know, I, I just deserve it because I've, I've been here for a long period of time, even though that might be true. I, I let's shift mindsets of both the leader and the contributors on value and, and the value that they're adding. And let's make sure we're documenting that and setting expectations around what that looks like. So I, what I'll say to leads, leaders are, if you, if you get to the point at the end of the year where you're sitting across from someone on your team and they are expecting to be given a raise or promoted, you did not do a good job as a leader because you did not set expectations with them. I mean, if they, if they actually don't, if you're in their, in your mind, they do not deserve that. Then you did not do a good job because you didn't level set with them. You didn't meet with them frequent enough. You didn't give them feedback. You didn't help them understand where they're not, you know, exceeding expectations where everything that they're doing, even though they think that they're doing a great job in your mind, that's just them doing their job. They're not going above and beyond in any way, shape or form. So we're not, we're not aligned. We're not on the same page. And as a leader, that's your fault. So if you're a leader, think about that. Think about really setting expectations properly with your team. Now, if you're an individual contributor and you're someone that's really wanting to climb the ranks, here's a really useful secret because not too many people do this. You should own your performance review process, meaning you should be an ambassador of it, you should embrace it, and you should be the one that drives it. If the leader drives it, and you're there with them and you're a partner, then that's great. A lot of leaders don't. It's just unfortunate, but they don't. And what I I mean by this is, you know, when I worked at PwC, they had four, I think it was four performance reviews a year and they were a pain in the ass. You had to get feedback from the client. You had to get feedback from all the managers you worked with. You had to demonstrate X, Y, and Z. And it was just a huge pain in the butt. Until I started to shift my mindset, I started to think of it as, this is my opportunity to get really critical feedback. This is my living, breathing resume. So I'm going to keep my resume updated and I'm just going to start documenting everything. If I, if I want to show that I got better at communicating, I'm going to document examples of how I got better at communicating. If I want to, um, document, or if I want to get better at building relationships with the client, I'm going to start really documenting key relationships that I've bought and how those relationships might have driven to future sales. So we just sold another engagement because I developed a really good working relationship with that person. 
whatever the case would be. And so I started to become an ambassador of this process and it was a huge secret weapon for me because not too many people do this. And if you do this, it's going to be a secret weapon for you. And so what I would do is I would, I would have candid conversations. I would tell my manager like, look, I really like working here. I, I like my job, but I, I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to expand. I want to take on, uh, as much as I can, I want to grow in responsibility and I don't want to take on more than I can handle, but I want to, I want to push my boundaries a little bit. I want to take on as much as I possibly can. And when you say that kind of stuff and you talk that way to a manager and then you back it up with action. So you're coming in a little earlier, you're staying a little later, you're popping into meetings that maybe you weren't supposed to be in to see if you can add some value. You're documenting meeting minutes in a very like effective way and you're sending things out and you're, you're driving the ball forward and you're, you're creating summaries of things where there's lots of confusion and you're, 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 you're uh, modeling things out to get everyone on the same page. And you're making sure that like, if, if there was conflict over X, that you're, you're going there and you're handling that and you're asking the manager, like, what else can I take off of your plate? Are there things that I can be helping you with? That person is, you can't lose that person, right? They're going to be, you're going to be the most valuable person on the team. As a leader, I loved when people were like that. I always, like, I had one guy and I ended up hiring him. He was, uh, he was in the army and he said, I, listen, I've never been a project manager before, but I'll tell you what, like, I've done this in the army and I've led a lot of people and I went and I studied project management. I got a certification. I've never, I've never been a leader of a project in a corporate environment, but I think I have a lot of the skills that are very similar. And if you give me a chance, I will not let you down. And that person did not let me down. They, I knew right away that they were going to come in. They were going to do whatever it takes and they're going to work their butt off and they're going to ask me for feedback and then they're going to take the feedback. They're not going to be offended by it. They're going to use it to improve. That person is the best person in the world to have on your team because at the end of the day, I can teach them how to be a project manager. I can teach them all the skills of building a project schedule. I can teach them how to think about risk and issues. I can teach them the job-specific functions. What I can't teach them is how to walk into a room and have everyone in the room pay attention to them because they know how to run a meeting, right? The, the, the intangible value that they add. And so if you are a person that's really trying to climb the ladder, you need to own this process. It is your canvas. It's the canvas of your life. It's your living, breathing resume. You need to start pushing the boundaries of what you can do and then documenting every single thing possible and then putting it in front of your coach. So ask your coach, ask your manager, when, when are we going to have performance reviews? If the company does them once a year, can we do them a little bit more frequently? I'd like to be touching base with you. I'd like to be making sure that I'm meeting and exceeding your expectations. I, if we have a conversation in, in a couple months based on everything we just set out, the plan we just set out, and I'm only meeting your expectations, I wanna know what else I can do to exceed them. Because at the end of the year, I wanna make sure I'm exceeding your expectations. Do you know how rare it is to have an employee that talks like that, that literally comes in and just owns that conversation and says like, I, I, you know, I wanna learn, I wanna grow, I wanna expand, I'm gonna do whatever it takes, I wanna take on the responsibility, and I want to exceed your expectations at the end of the year. And if I'm not during the year, I want all the help possible. I want all the feedback. I want you to tell me everything that you can tell me to help me improve, right? And maybe you're not as dramatic as I'm being, but you're just being real. You're being raw. You're being vulnerable. And you're having that conversation. And you're asking them for the feedback and the help and the coaching and the mentoring and the guiding. And now you've made them a partner in you getting to where you want to go. You're, you're basically saying like, 
I want you to help me. You're my coach. You're my, you're my guide. You're my leader. You're my mentor. You're my manager. I, I need your help to become better. And ultimately, that is the coach's job. The coach's job is there to make you better in any way possible. They're there to help you become a better version of yourself to help increase your output, to help you become a top performer. And so when I would talk about the, this matrix that I would develop with the leaders and the, the individual contributors, we, I, would, I would basically lay out the, you know, I would ask the leaders, what are the things that you, that, that describe your highest performing people? So if, if you had your number one person that you can't afford to lose, what are the, the things that ultimately make that person the, the top performing person on your team? And without a doubt, they always say the same things. They're trustworthy, they're dependable, they're reliable, they're responsible, they're self-motivated, they're um, likable, they're personable, they work really well with teams, so they have interpersonal skills, they're conflict resolution, right? These are all character skills that we all know are what make up a top performing person. The other skills are skills required to do a job. They're specific to a very uh, a certain job function, right? These are typically the skills that are broadcasted. So when you're interviewing for a job, you say like, I want someone that can do X, Y, and Z. I need a SQL server administrator, whatever, right? And then through the interviewing process, hopefully you can pull out some of those character skills, but not, we don't really have check boxes for that stuff. And we don't really go too deep on that, that kind of stuff, right? And so when we have the performance review process, the same thing, like we, we meet and we, we evaluate, but we evaluate against the job specific functions. But what I just heard from every leader in the room were like the things that make your top performing people have nothing to do with the, the, the skills required to do their job. Because at the end of the day, those things are coachable or those, those are teachable. You can teach someone how to do that stuff. I was at a Florida Marlins tryout one time and there was long story short, there was a guy that was throwing from the outfield and he threw 95 mile an hour from the outfield. And at one point, one of the coaches said, throw it over the backstop. And I, I, I went up to the coach and I said, why are you having, why are you telling him to throw it over the backstop? He said, because they can teach you accuracy in the pros. They can't teach you how to throw it out of a stadium. If he shows them their, his arm strength, they're going to pay attention. If he shows them something that they can't teach, they're going to pay attention to that, right? And it's the same thing with these skills. The job-specific skills are easily recognizable. They're easy to check mark. They're easily to, like, to put on a resume. But it's the other skills that the leaders are telling me are the things they, that, that, that are what make their top performers, right? So let's put two and two together. Let's put the job-specific skills on a matrix next to the skills that we say are what make the top performing people. And we'll just, it's an X, Y axis. So there's a vertical line and a horizontal line. The vertical line are the job specific skills. The horizontal line are the, the, the character traits of top performing people, right? And so the top right quadrant, the far right, that means they're high on the skills required to do a job and they're high character traits. That person is going to get promoted over and over and over again. Why? Because they keep demonstrating that they have profound capacity when it comes to their job and they have all of the character skills. They're likable, they're personable, they're good at managing conflict, they're good at managing teams, they're motivated, they're driven. That person is going to fly up the corporate ladder. Now go one step to the left. These people are very good at their jobs 
but they don't have the character skills. So I've seen this over and over and over again. It's the person that, you know, like maybe they, they, they're very, very good at coding, right? But they show up a little late. They leave a little early. They fall asleep in meetings. They're disruptive in meetings. You know, they, they, we had someone like this. I had someone like this at a, at a, a company I work for. And they knew the ins and outs of everything. But they were a complete pain in the ass that was just a gridlock. They thought that, it, that they were the solution to everything. But everyone else knew that they were just a, a, a weight ball holding everything back. Because every meeting they were disruptive. And, and they just gave this I don't care attitude. And it was a nightmare. Those people don't have the character skills. So they're not going to climb very far. They might get held on to for some time. They might even make a little bit more money here and there. But at the end of the day, they're holding the organization back and that person is not valuable. I would argue that no matter how skilled they are at their job, at some point you probably need to cut them away because they're not going to be good for your culture. So then there's the other side of the equation, right? So the top right quadrant go down. When you go down, these people don't really have the, the specific skills required for the job, but they have all of the character skills. These are what the leaders are made out of. This is Rudy in the movie, movie Rudy, right? He was this football player that loved, he had a heart like, and he brought so much to the team, but he just didn't have the size. He didn't have the speed. He couldn't catch, couldn't, couldn't really do anything, right? But he had the heart. And I would argue that you want those people on your team all day long. They're going to bring so much value to your, to your culture, to your organization, that it's, it's almost unmeasurable. You can teach them the skills required to do the job, or you can put them through training. You can help them get there. Now, granted, like not every career is like this, right? Like we need surgeons to know how to do surgery, but a lot of, a lot of the jobs are, right? We bring people in. We don't screen them for the character traits, but if we get the character traits, lucky us, now let's develop the hell out of that person because you want that person on your team because they have capacity to, to become amazing performers and amazing team leaders. Now, there's the, the last quadrant, which is the bottom left, right? These people are not good. They don't have skills and they don't have much of the character traits. And so this person is someone you never want in your organization. If you have them, you want to fire them, right? So now we can talk to each of these people the right way. If it's far right but bottom, we, we, need, to, we need to teach them the skills and we need to have a conversation around that. Like I, this was my project manager, right? He was awesome. He was far out to the right. He just never ran projects before. So I had to, I had to have him shadow a little bit. I had to teach him some things. I had to get him some training. And I, I level set with him on that. Like, we got to get you these things. And he knew. He came in saying, I've never, I've never ran a team in a corporate environment, but I have some transferable skills. And then there's the other person, the, tr- the troublemaker. We need to set expectations to them. Like, listen, you might know everything there is to know about this job, but the, the way you're conducting the, your behavior, it's going to hold you back because it's holding the team back. It's hard to work with you. You're a difficult person to work with. And then there's the top performers, the, far, the, the top right quadrant. You have the right conversation with those people because they're, they're wanting to know all the time, how am I doing? Am I, doing am, I, am I exceeding your expectations? What more can I take on? Do, I, do you think I have the capacity to do X, Y, and Z? No? Okay. What skills do I need to start working on so that I can do X, Y, and Z? That's what top performing people are. That's what they do. That's why they're top performing people. That's why they get promoted over and over and over again. So uh, I hope this gave you some things to think about. I hope it wasn't too fast. Just trying to get all these ideas out in a logical fashion and 
give you a really good, uh, you know, something to think about. If you liked it, please share. Uh, it just helps <laughs> grow the show. And um, if you have any questions, let me know. If you think I could add some value to your team, let me know. I do these pretty cheap. I, I come in, I do a workshop for an hour or two, and I have a lot of different topics. I'm doing a nutrition workshop now, uh, which I call Fueling for Performance. It's pretty cool how I tie fitness and nutrition into the the uh, the performance aspect of corporate America and how important those things are, not only to you performing better at your job, but you showing up better everywhere in life to all the areas that matter the most to you, to your family, to your work, to your recreation, etc. So if you think I could help, um, you know, just bring it up to me. Uh, if you give me your manager's contact or whatever, put me in touch. I'll, I'll reach out. We'll have a good conversation. If nothing else, I can be really funny and I can be fun to talk to. So I promise I won't embarrass you. I won't, uh, I won't let you down. Well, uh, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but uh, your manager, your boss, whatever, your team, they're not going to be mad at you for uh, having a conversation with me or for bringing me in. I can promise you that because I will make it entertaining if nothing else. All right, that's it. I'm out. Boom.